You're listening to Race Base Drive and Five. Welcome everybody to Drive in Five. Today we're with Anthony Alfredo. Anthony, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing great, man. So, wow, last weekend, the big trip to Bristol Motor Speedway. So, what is it like just even pulling through? I, w- I don't want to call it a tunnel because it's really kind of come into the, uh, I think you kind of enter in through turn three there, but what is it like pulling into the great Coliseum? Oh, it's awesome. It's it's like walking into a football stadium for race cars pretty much. I mean, you walk out of the stands there through the gate and walk down that steep banking and look around and it just really puts into perspective how how wild that place is. It's It's so historical and uh, just such a notorious racetrack. So to be able to race there was really special. And I had been able to race there last year in a late model stock car with the cars tour. So I had already been there, but just going back, I mean, it just never ceases to amaze you when you walk in there and, and see it in person. Well, the history of that track and you brought up football games. I mean, they did fill the place full of dirt last year and they actually had University of Tennessee, I think, played either Virginia or Virginia Tech inside the Coliseum. So um, that was a great um, comparison there between that stadium feel. But, you know, when you watch this race on TV, um, you do not get the sense of actually how steep those banks are there. No, not at all. It's it's almost like Daytona. I mean, that's still completely different in person uh, than on TV. And you know, you watch it, and it's really hard to uh, get the right perspective of it because it's a short track. You know, it's a half-mile racetrack, so that also kind of makes it look like it's not as banked or as fast. But I'm telling you, that banking, when you try walking up it, when you go down into the corner, it's so steep. I mean, you feel like you're going to fall down when you're walking up or down it. It's crazy. And they've actually taken some of the banking out out of there, um, you know, compared to what it was like about 20 years ago. And I've heard some race car drivers actually make the comment that you kind of almost got to have a focus point in there because you're going around there so fast um, that you almost kind of lose sense of where you're at sometimes in the track. Oh, yeah, it's definitely possible. I, I learned that in the late model last year. I thought people were just exaggerating when they said, if you get into a 30-lap green flag run, you don't know if you're on the front stretch or the back stretch because the corners are so similar there, and you're just going around there so fast. It's it's hard to get a feel for where you're at. Yeah, I've heard so many things about people talking about what's kind of like running running in a, a soup bowl or a cereal bowl. Uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely unique. You get around there very quickly, and uh, like I said, it, the corners look so similar to each other. It's it's tricky. If it weren't for the flag, then you might not know where you were at at all. <laughs> all right, so let's talk about last weekend's uh, Zombie Auto 150 in the K&N car. You were there with MDM Motorsports and your number 40 Seco Building Systems Camry. Um, you guys unloaded. You were you were pretty fast right out of the trailer. Yeah, once I, it's, a couple laps took me to get the feel for it. Is it, The track uh, was completely different in the K&N car versus the late model. So I, I kind of had to adjust a little bit for that. But uh, when we did, yeah, we were top five in practice right there with our teammates. And um, we were pretty content with the cars, kept making a couple minor adjustments and just kept getting better and better and felt like we had a pretty good balance there. 
So walk us through qualifying. I know that you had a little brush with the wall during qualifying. So just kind of walk us through what happened there. And Yeah, unfortunately, we only got an hour of practice. Um, so we never really were able to make a mock run. Nobody was. And that's why there was a lot of cars that spun out and, and a few others that hit the wall or wrecked. So um, when I was out there on my first lap, I had gone down into turn three and with those tires, it takes a while to come in. Those were uh, different radials than we ran a new smart. They were the same ones like the Xfinity cars were on. And it stepped out on me a bit in the center of the corner when I was getting back to the gas. And I had caught it, but I got it back under me, but I was off of the VHT they put down, that sticky surface that they put on the bottom of the racetrack. And there's just no grip or rubber uh, on the outside groove. And I was trying to get it to turn. I was getting closer and closer. And then Soon enough, I was up in the marbles that were up by the wall where the racetrack's just all dirty and not cleaned off because nobody had run up there at practice, obviously, or qualifying. So it just practically sucks you away. It's it's pretty helpless feeling. I mean, you can't – you're fighting it the whole way, and then it just pulls you right into the wall. So kind of squared up with it with the right side. And fortunately, it wasn't too terrible. Uh, just bent a couple of right front suspension parts, and the guys were able to repair it for the race, but we were forced to start at the rear because of that. Well, so you get the race started, you're starting shotgun on the field, but it did not take you very long to work your way through that field. I mean, you were passing cars like crazy. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. I mean, the guys did a, a phenomenal job repairing the race car and getting it back to where it felt like it was in practice. It, it felt the same to me and felt really good. And uh, I wanted to be patient with some of the other cars back there in the field, but we were able to get by them pretty quick and, uh, work our way up uh, fast. I mean, we broke the top five within the first, I mean, the top 15 within the first 15 laps and uh, we're in the top 10, I think 30 to 40 laps in or something. It was just, I, I felt like I did a pretty good job navigating traffic and uh, my good friend, fellow racer, Landon Huffman was spotting for me and he was helping me do that by telling me where everyone was at, you know, behind me and in front of me and uh, making sure I knew where the leaders were. Cause when you start that far back, you're automatically, about a quarter track behind, you know, a whole set of corners and, uh, you know, get going a lap down can sneak up on you there. So even though we had a fast race car, because we had to navigate traffic, it was allowing the leaders to catch us. So fortunately we got through that traffic quickly and soon enough, we were back in contention. You know, we were up there competing with the, with some other really great race cars and it is so hard to pass there. And unfortunately there was a lot of cautions and they count caution laps. So we lost a lot of laps to, uh, caution lapped and you know we needed that time to get by other cars but we still were able to break the top 10 quickly and play some strategy there at the first break uh, so we restarted second ran in the top five all the way almost until the second break had had fallen back to the top 10 because the guys with newer tires were a bit better especially at the end of that run but we were pretty content with how the car was driving considering i was able to maintain on older tires and um we had a uh, taken our tires at the second break and worked our way back into the top 10 again since everyone else had pitted. So they stayed out. So we lost some track position to them, but we were back in it right then and competing for a top five. We definitely felt like we had a top five car and uh, could have made that happen if it weren't for that wreck that occurred with 13 laps to go. Well, you guys definitely had a strategy going in there, um, you know, starting at, starting at the back. And like you said, I mean, a, a place where it is very difficult to pass, you guys marched to the front. You had, a, you had a plan as far as the tire strategy. 
um, again with within what 15 laps to go you're running in I, I believe you're in seventh and yes, it looks we like that you you're in a position to, to probably work your way into the top five and the top three and going down into the corner what was it like to realize that you were three wide yeah, well, we had, I was racing side-by-side side with another car, and uh, we went down into turn one, and another car decided to make it three wide on the bottom, and he drove across the apron, which there's probably at least 10 degrees less banking down there on that. Uh, they have you know almost like two ba- uh, two aprons at Bristol, and the, the first one is, is still banked a little bit just because of the, how steep the, race, the actual racing surface is, and he went down on that, and obviously that doesn't work when you're going that fast into the corner, so he had slid up the racetrack and hit us and it put me into the car outside of me and I it almost looked like on video that the car outside me wasn't aware we were three wide because he was on the top and I kind of got pinched there so when I got into him we all just started wrecking and it cut my heart my car hard to the right and it just shot right up head on to the outside wall in one and two and and it looked like that was an extremely hard hit yeah, it was definitely the hardest hit I've ever taken, and I hope it's the hardest one for a while. <laughs> you don't realize uh, how fast you're going until that point. You know, it's hard to imagine that you could wreck that hard at a short track or at a half-mile racetrack, but um, NASCAR does a, fin- a really great job with their safer barriers and all their safety requirements for both inside the race car and at the racetrack. So, um, uh, obviously, you know, I was um, really – happy i was able to walk away without any injuries and feel all right after that uh i was a little bit sore but that's you know what you can expect but um like i said nascar does a really really great job with all that stuff so i'm thankful for that because uh if it weren't for that i probably would be injured or something yeah because i started to say it took them about 20 something minutes to kind of clean up that mess and uh, I, I think, as we talked about earlier yesterday, they were actually taking parts of your car out of a safer barrier. Yeah, there was when I had gone to the infield care center to get uh, checked out and evaluated. There was uh, they had the TV screens in there, and when the guy came in, he's like, "You're with the 40 car, right?" And I said, "Yes." And he said, "Oh, so that's part of your car they're picking out from the outside wall." <laughs> and I looked at the TV, and there parts of uh, our race car in the wall wedged in there and that's what they were working on fixing that and stuff we hit it we hit it pretty hard and unfortunately unfortunately destroyed the race car which is probably the the worst of it honestly because uh you know you hate to see that and um it's just really frustrating especially when we got a lot of racing left in the year yeah well you you finish i think the, the official finish for you was i want to say was it 18th Yes. Even with it with a DNF. So, you know, I, I think there's a lot of positive things that you bring away from that race um, as far as the performance, you know, and sometimes you got to look at performance versus results. The results weren't exactly what you want, but the performance was really strong. I mean, you guys, you guys did march through the field. You had a fast race car. So you got to be able to uh, be in a position to where you can take a lot of that positive and moving towards Langley Speedway, which is where your next race is coming up. And I know that you went up there a couple of weeks ago and got into a late model to actually get some track time and some seat time at that particular track. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of positive takeaways from this past weekend, although it was definitely didn't end remotely close to how we wanted it to. And it's extremely frustrating to um, not 
have a finish in the first uh, two K&N races of the year, especially when we're competing for the championship. But uh, we're just going to keep working hard. And uh, we went up to Langley with the late mall, like you mentioned, and I was able to get a lot of valuable seat time there, especially because they have repaved the corners there. So it's like a completely different racetrack now. So we, I feel like I have a good idea of what I'm going to need out of the race car when we head up there with the K&N series and be able to, uh, you know, be fast off the truck and, hopefully be able to get a win we really need one now and obviously that's all we're doing we're going for wins every race but uh especially with the way these first two have gone it'd be it'd be really great to go go up there and have a really successful run and come home with some hardware and a checkered flag well i don't doubt that at all i think uh yourself the mdm motorsports team you guys are always fast um we want to wish you the best of luck at Langley. We'll be, we'll be looking forward to having you back to drive in five so that we can get a post-race update on what happened actually at Langley. So, Anthony, thanks for being with us. And everybody, thanks for tuning in. And we'll see you back here again on Drive in Five. You have been listening to Race Base Drive in Five.